in the middle of the week to you, United States of America. Good middle of the week to you. I think uh, our producer, Super Scott, Hotshot Scott, has been getting out the, getting these things out quicker and quicker. Hell, there's only been one since I got back from vacation, so I'm not going to credit it Scott too much, but I bet he's going to have this one out quicker than shit. Right, Scott? Anyways, let's see. We got a... a Semi-wonderful show for you today. It probably sucks, but we're going to give it our best damn shot. Should we talk a little Taylor Swift? By now, how many Swifties have been, regular folks have been converted into Swifties? I want to give you my own personal story regarding Taylor Swift and the heiress tour. I have to tell you, this, this, this performer... Taylor Swift, she, is she the greatest of all time? I, I'm not talking about the greatest talent because Celine Dion had a better voice than her. Lady Gaga has a better voice than her. Adele has a better voice than her. Whitney Houston probably had a better voice. Had a better voice on the female side of things. You know, Billy Joel. There are better artists in terms of just pure talent. But is she the greatest of all time? It is unbelievable, this heiress tour and, and what this is doing for cities. This is literally like a Super Bowl in Seattle, a Super Bowl in Indianapolis, a Super Bowl in Miami. She shuts the whole fucking town down, the whole city. It's unbelievable. Taylor Swift, Kanye West, I mean, if it wasn't for Kanye... Taylor'd be nothing. It, she'd be nothing, right? I get in an argue with my son. One of my sons is a Kanye West fan, and somehow, some way, he thinks that Kanye elevated Taylor Swift. Son, Spencer, wake up, son. Jeez, jeez, wake up. She was on her way. She was on her way. Anyways, anyways, so Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift. So, she just played in Seattle a few weeks ago, okay? And my wife, she never got involved in the pre-sale of the tickets or anything like that. And so she got asked out. Some of her friends did. They did do the pre-sale. They got two tickets, four tickets. Um, they were shocked moments later as their tickets, you know, became, you know, 10x value of what they paid. All of a sudden, they were 2000 and they paid 200 So, my wife and my nine-year-old daughter got axed out of the heiress tour. And my wife couldn't go to some of her friends and say, Hey, I know uh, you've got two extra tickets. Um, you mind selling you know, them to me for you know, a, a pretty good deal? No, let let them let them sell their tickets for twenty five hundred bucks, three grand, whatever it's gonna be, and let them pay for their concert, um, their dinner that night. If they got a hotel, everything is fucking ridiculous when it comes to Taylor Swift. No matter which city you are in, okay. So, the concert came and went, and we had friends go multiple both days, like Saturday and Sunday. And cab rides, hotel rides. There's like carriages that, that, you know, they've got like little bicycle guys, you know, just like in downtown Seattle. 
to go fucking 10 blocks was like 150 bucks. So everybody is cashing in on Taylor Swift. So thank you, Taylor. Um, no, screwing the common person, but you know, those bicycle riders out there in downtown Seattle, you know, boy, normally they're probably getting 10 or 15 bucks or some shit like that. They were, they were making big time bank, big time bank. So everybody is making money hand over fist. Now, so my wife was all sad. We should have gone. We blew our opportunity. You know, Campbell would have loved it. And I'm like, okay, whatever, you know, and, and, and hey, concerts are intoxicating. I'm listening to Stephen A. Smith talk about Taylor Swift's concert and how he's a Swifty now. I've got friends who are not Taylor Swift fans. I'm more of a Taylor Swift fan and her music than some of my friends are. And they're like, I'm a converted Swifty. Concerts are like, they're just, they're so euphoric. They just, it's like a drug going through you. It's like listening to you. I mean, it is unbelievable how good you feel at, at a concert of 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 way less magnitude than a than a Taylor Swift concert. Me and my wife went to uh, Luke Combs. Luke Combs in the pouring rain at Lumen Field, and there we were kissing, making out. I mean, it was the greatest. We were on the floor in the pouring rain. It, we were drinking beer. Nothing makes you feel quite like a concert. It's awesome. And so, anyways, my wife's all upset. She missed out. Taylor Swift's in Seattle, yada, yada, yada. She doesn't get it done. She doesn't, you know, she just wasn't on top of the pre-sale thing, wasn't going to spend thousands of dollars, you know, a couple days before the event to get tickets. And so it is what it is, right? Well, when we were in, as we were going to Mexico, my wife talks, she, she signs me up. She says, oh, Taylor Swift just announced three more cities after she comes back from fucking London or I, I it's, it's in like a year or a year and a half or something like that. She's announced Miami, Indianapolis and New Orleans. And she's all excited coming up to me. And I'm like, so Indianapolis, Miami and New Orleans, who gives a fuck? Yeah. She's like, can you sign up for pre-sale? Cause I want to sign up for pre-sale. And me and her had gotten into like multiple arguments. I'm like, honey, when Taylor Swift goes to Miami, do you realize what a Miami hotel room is going to be? Well, then we won't go to Miami. Oh, I just was shaking my head. Absolutely shaking my head. She's going to shut these cities down. We have friends. It costs thousands and thousands to be in our own city of Seattle. We're six and a half, seven miles outside the city, honey. It costs them thousands. What do you think it's going to cost to go to New Orleans or Indianapolis? There's not even a direct flight to Indianapolis, honey. And Miami is already through the roof expensive. She tells me, shut up, Nick. Just shut up. Worst case scenario, we get pre-sale, we buy tickets, and we resell them. Okay? And I'm, I'm shaking my head. I'm just like, the logistics here are no good. The logistics here are absolutely no good. I don't think you know what you're doing. Okay, because, you know, Nick the American, 65% of the time, he's right every time. Okay? Okay? I don't think that's how it goes in uh, Anchorman. But 30% of the time, he's right every time. I, I, I don't know. Anyways, I digress. So, I sign up for this pre-sale. I get an email saying, hey, you've been waitlisted, bitch. Sorry, no pre-sale. No, 
Hey, you ain't getting no coke. My wife shows me her email and she is qualified for pre-sale. We are now in Cancun, Mexico. Okay. And she's telling me that these tickets go on sale the day we leave. Literally, we are going to be boarding a plane, my wife says. It's going to be so hit and miss. Or is she going to have connectivity? Is she going to be able to get the pre-sale tickets? Me, I'm like, who gives a shit if you get them? What the fuck are you going to do? I'm telling her, hotel rooms are going... She, and, and she's focused on new... She got the pre-sale for New Orleans. The Big Easy. The Big Easy. Canal Street, baby. Bourbon Street. I'm like... The, the hotel is going to be thousands of dollars a night. A night. You're not just going to fly in for one night. You think you're going to... I just was beside myself. I just smiled. I said, great. This thing keeps moving along. Moving along. Now, I told you guys. I had my little panic attack. My anxiety. Okay. This was real. I was struggling. I wanted to get the hell out of Cancun. Out of Cancun. I was hurting. And so my wife, as we are headed to the airport, is on her damn phone, just fidgeting around, trying to, you know, it's tickets are about to go on sale. We get to, well, we're at the airport. Actually, it isn't even started yet. We are at the gate in Cancun. We've got this wonderful gate. Walk right onto our plane. Kids have got, we, we, ate, we ate food. We're getting snacks. We're just relaxed. We've got our own space. And they announce a gate change. Keep in mind, I'm having mini panic attacks. I need to get home. I do not feel good. Something is wrong with me. Or I'm just having anxiety to the umpteenth, like I've never experienced in my life. So they announce a gate change. I'm happy. I'm sitting down. I'm relaxed. I'm doing okay. They announce a gate change to downstairs. We pack up our stuff and go downstairs. And of all the airports I've ever been in, all the traveling I've ever done, I've never seen so many people in such a small area. It is, we are absolutely packed like fucking sardines. The line to the bathroom is like 12 deep, okay? The line to do anything is 12 deep. And to make matters worse, not only when you when you attempt to board the plane, you're not boarding the plane now. We're on the ground floor. In 95, 97 degree heat, we are boarding a bus now. A bus, to get on, to take us out to the tarmac, to load us onto the plane. And this process, and, and all the other gates are doing this too. There's just nowhere to move. Absolutely no freaking where to move. So it's, we went from absolute coasting and relaxation up above at our gate, whatever the hell it was. And, and, and I'm trying to manage my anxiety to now we are sardines, okay? And we are B. I want to get on that plane. We, we are group B, so that's good. We're not C, we're not D, we're not F. We're, we should be getting on that damn tram early, along with the first-class people. Well, my, what do you think my wife's doing? She's not paying attention to anything. Anything. Anything but her phone. She keep, I, She's not telling me about anything, okay? She's not telling me about anything. She knows I'm already stressed out to the nines. I'm messed up. I've already said that. God, Nick, you repeat yourself. Son of a bitch. Anyways, so we are now in line. Group B has been called. And I don't have the passports. 
She does, but she's on her phone. She's, she keeps apparently getting rejected, 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 rejected. And we are now at the, at, at the, the gate. There's a million people. And I'm like, honey, passports. And she, ooh, she's like, she's like, I'm about to have a brain aneurysm, I think. I mean, so she's now stressed out too. She's super stressed out too. She's trying to, trying to work her phone and somehow get out the passports. We were obviously not prepared enough. And so we're getting on the tar. We, we are getting on this, uh, on this bus and she has not, not been unsuccessful to get Taylor Swift tickets. Who gives a fuck if she does get them, right? That's what, that's what I'm thinking. I don't even want to hear about it. So we get on this bus and as we're going out to the tarmac, uh, to board the plane, the bus stops, and she lets out this huge, oh, my God, I did it, I did it, I did it, I did it. She's happy as hell, and I'm like, did what? She's like, I couldn't get four. I only got two. Two what? My wife had just purchased two tickets to Taylor Swift in the Big Easy. And I'm like, she and, and she's she's mindful of my condition. She helped me talk me through it because she goes through anxiety every once in a while. So she's mindful of this. And so we're on the plane, and her connectivity now is in and out. And she's like, "Oh my god, I would have never been." And I, I was literally a minute or two from losing. You know how when you get on the plane, the Wi-Fi just goes to shit. Sometimes you don't even have access to it uh, before you jump onto their you know go go in flight internet or whatever the hell it is. So she's got two tickets now to Taylor Swift. Now, she does have some connectivity. You know what she did? Because I, I, I was telling her all week. So what if you get tickets? The, the hotels have algorithms. that their, their, their websites are set up. They know when the fuck she's coming. Those, the, 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 you're you're going to get all excited. And then you're going to have to pay $1,800 a night for a room. On top of all a million other expenses, honey. So... You know what my wife does? She doesn't. She doesn't even tell me. And this is a good move. Sometimes you don't ask for permission. Not that she needs my permission. It's her money too. She doesn't need my permission, but she doesn't want to trouble me. She goes on to Hotels.com and books three nights in New Orleans for like two hundred and fifty bucks a night. The same days. She doesn't tell me about it. When we land in Seattle, she goes back on. To hotels.com or into or wherever she booked. And the hotel rooms were like $3,000 a night. And she shows me this. I didn't want to tell you. I didn't want to tell you. By then I'm doing a little bit better. And so she bought two tickets for 200 bucks a piece. And she got three nights for less than a thousand bucks. Now, that package is worth, I don't know, four, five, six times now what she paid. So, good for my wife, probably bad for me, because she's going to figure out a way to take my damn daughter to New... She couldn't, she couldn't figure this shit out a year and a half ago. She had to see the euphoric heiress tour, take hold of her city and her friends and some family members, and she couldn't sit back and wait. 
So I, I have a really bad feeling that my wife is on her way to New Orleans in like a year, year and a half for Taylor Swift's ending of her heiress tour. So I got to hand it to my wife. Um, good for her. Good for her. I didn't, I didn't mean to talk about it that long. But uh, yeah, from Seattle to New Orleans to via Cancun, baby. Campbell and, and Kimberly, they're, they're going to see Taylor Swift one way or another. My goodness. Okay, I'm coaching high school football. I'm coaching high school football. What a fucking grind. I don't know who's happier at the end of practice, the kids or, or, or Nick, the coach. So I'm coaching the offensive line. I'm coaching the defensive line. I'm learning a lot from other coaches. We've got three coaches under the age of 25, which is absolutely fabulous. Shout out to Coach Lawler, Coach Nauke, and Coach Potts. Um, I'm, I'm especially learning a lot from Coach Lawler, who's an offensive a defensive line coach. Um, real good young kid, knows his shit. Me, I'm just a chief get-after-your-ass officer. I'm an effort guy. I challenge you. But um, I want to... We've got three football players. We've got, um, we've got three black football players, African-American football players who hang out together. They're goofy as shit. They're also talented as shit. Their commitment over the course of four years, they're all going to be seniors, has been meh, meh. And, and, and I would tell that to their face. I, I do tell them that to their face. Okay. But these three... I bring these guys up because they crack me up. They make me laugh. I won't use their names, but uh, I went up to them the other day and I said, hey, you, the three stooges, the three stooges, what the fuck are you guys doing? Get the, get the hell over here, right? And they're, they're just always, they're smart, they're on point, and they've got personalities. Now and and when you motivate them properly, they can play. I know I'm a new, I'm a newcomer. Me and me me and me and the head coach, Coach Bennett, have having discussions about this. I'm a newcomer, and all I, I I see the talent. I see the talent. I'm like, we have to have those guys. And Coach Bennett, he's an intervention coordinator at the school beyond being a high school football coach, and so kids have let him down and let him down and let him down and let him down, and so he's hardened to this. Well, you might get them, you might not. We'll see. I don't hold my breath. Where me, I hold my breath. I want the three stooges. These three African-American kids. One plays wide receiver corner. One plays running back corner. One plays tight end and um, D-end. All of them are impact players. They all really are. And so I start calling them the three stooges. I start calling them the three stooges. And I asked them, because you have to, you have to preface this sometimes with kids, and you don't realize how old you you are. I'm 44. Did you guys even know who the fucking Three Stooges are? And they're like, Oh yeah, oh yeah. So they know who Larry, Moe, and Curly are. And I said, You know what we need to do? And Hollywood, if you're listening, Hollywood, if you're listening, this is what we need to do. And this is Ron DeSantis. Don't get upset at me. Ben Shapiro, don't you get upset at me? I'm not. I think we should do a remake of the Three Stooges, the Black Three Stooges. And I told these three football players, we should do a Black Three Stooges. One, you, I said, you three should be the Three Stooges for Halloween. You should figure out who Larry, Moe, and Curly were. And they were arguing, actually, over which one each one of them was. Hollywood should remake. I know they've remade the Three Stooges. But they should remake the Three Stooges as African-Americans. 
I think it'd be fucking awesome. I don't know if Kevin Hart, you could have Samuel L. Jackson, you could have Denzel Washington. Shit, I don't know. You could, I don't know, one of the Wayans brothers. I, I, don't, I, I don't know. But think about that. I think it would be as funny as hell. If you saw, if you saw a preview tomorrow, come on, of the Black Three Stooges, come on now. Come on now. I think we could rival Barbie maybe. I think we, we could give Barbie, if it was done right, if it was really well done, we could rival Barbie. And so I told the, 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 my three stooges on the football team about my movie idea, and they loved it. They loved it. They said they wanted to even provide content. And I said, well, you guys are like walking content, okay? So think about that, Hollywood. Who's listening to me? We need to do a three stooges movie with African Americans. And listen, I, I heard, but it was a Ben Shapiro got pissed off. Snow White wasn't white. Who gives a shit, Ben? We can switch shit up. We can switch shit up. The, the Little Mermaid is the wrong color compared to what she was in the 90s. Who cares? Yes, yes, I understand the Three Stooges were white back in, in the 50s or the 60s or whatever the hell it, it first started airing. I know it's old. It's not woke. It's just funny as shit. Okay? So... I like the Three Stooges idea. What do you think about that? All right. As, as I speak to you, this is Wednesday morning. And we are, this is, this is the day of the first Republican primary debate. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, I told you, electoral politics is my thing. I like it. I don't have to be a Republican to enjoy a Republican debate or be have a vested interest. I want to see what kind of campaign you're running, how you're going to go after the other guys. And so I'm not going to too much break down there. So there's eight guys, excuse me, seven guys and a female. There's eight participants minus the Mad King. The Mad King has elected not to debate. And, and, and I'll touch on, I think at the end, a, a little reason I think why he is not going to debate ever. Ever. Well, at least in the Republican primaries. One, it looks like he's too fucking far ahead. He's just going to run out the clock. But what, who, who, who are these eight people? So um, maybe we should roll the music. Remember, remember the old Chicago Bulls games? Six foot six out of North Carolina, Michael Jordan. And I apologize. I'm, I've been under the weather a little bit. My voice from the kids. It is, it is bad. But maybe we can get some of that Bulls movement. So we've got Tim Scott, 57 years old, former member of the House of Representatives, a current senator from South Carolina. Tim Scott, ladies and gentlemen. Tim Scott will be debating tonight. You guys know this man as the former governor of Indiana, the former vice president of the United States, the former lap, loyal, loyal lapdog of the president, Michael Pence. Ladies and gentlemen, Mike Pence. Our only female in the field, her name is Nikki Haley. She's the former governor of South Carolina. I believe what she was the National Homeland Security 
shit, I should have looked this up. What? She, she held a high post under Donald Trump. I forget it. Ladies and gentlemen, Nikki Haley. Oh my goodness. Here. Some of you don't know about this guy yet, but he's climbing in the polls. I've got friends texting me going, give this guy a look, Nick. Give this guy a look. He's 38 years old. He's a tech entrepreneur. He hails from Cincinnati, Ohio. They call him Vivek Ramaswamy. Ramaswamy. Let's see. This guy is young. This guy can talk. Um... They're going to try to, Mike Pence is going to go after him tonight on uh, the 9-11 commission, guaranteed. I was on that commission, Vivek, and it pains me. Shut up. Next up, the former two-time governor of the state, the Razorback state of Arkansas, Trump hater, Asia Hutchinson. Hutchinson. He's got no shot. He's got no game chance. Now, the next man needs no introduction. Well, he does need an introduction. At one point, this young candidate was considered the favorite to dethrone the Mad King, Donald Trump. He's your current defending governor of the state of Florida. Ronnie DeSantis. And it appears, by all accounts, Ron's campaign is fledgling. So, we got to look at some of his notes. Sounds like he might go after Vivek today. Everybody, this 38-year-old Vivek Ramaswamy. I hope I'm saying it right. Ramaswamy. He's got people uncomfortable a little bit. And I hope I hope he has a great debate tonight. Vivek does. And, and we'll see what Ron tries to do. But... Uh, Ron has so far shit the bed. He, he, I told him not. To, I told him at many episodes ago, don't go to war with Disney. I told him that. How the fuck did it turn out? Who won, Ronnie or Disney? Now he wants to let everything go. Let it go. Let it go. You're, you're, you. I understand your wokeness, right? And some of it's annoying. But some of it's some some of it's it, it's overblown on your part. It goes it goes two ways. You're not gonna run a fucking campaign just based on woke. You dumbass. You went to war with Disney. I told you not to, and you got your fucking ass kicked. Okay. Anyways, so Ron DeSantis really he needs a big night. Tonight. He needs a big night tonight. I hope, I hope we get it. I hope we get it. Um. Next, introducing two-time and current governor of the great state of North Dakota, Doug Burgum. Doug is a software entrepreneur who apparently sold his software company to Microsoft for a billion dollars. I like it. I like it, Dougie. Woo! And as I, as I woke up this morning, sounds like he had an accident playing a basketball game, and he may be, in, you know, Maybe not on his feet tonight for the debate. He might not be on his feet. Poor old Dougie. And, and, and hey, I, I love politicians playing basketball. Nothing, not, I thought nothing was cooler than watching President Obama in his 50s run up and down the fucking court with the North Carolina Tigers. What a badass. Who does that? Who does that? <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> Whoa. So, 
Doug, I like your plan basketball. He's a software entrepreneur. I don't know much about him. I'm going to be honest. Let's hear it from Doug, okay? And finally, and this was in no order. I just wrote these guys down. He's a high level, former high-level attorney, prosecuting attorney, two-time governor of the liberal state of New Jersey. His name is Chris. Say it to my fucking face. Christy. Christy. So Scott Pence, Haley, Ramaswamy, Hutchinson, DeSantis, Burgum, Christy. There you go. There are your eight. No Mad King. The Mad King will not be in attendance. In fact, the Mad King is with my good friend Tucker Carlson. Tucker's pissed, right? Fuck you, Fox. Trump thinks every media outlet, maybe besides Newsmax, is out to get him. So he says, fuck you, Fox. Plus, he doesn't want a debate. Why does not? Why does the Mad King not want a debate? Now, it looks like he's, I don't know, he's, he's way ahead in the Iowa polls, the Iowa caucus polls. So... Maybe he doesn't want to debate. He obviously doesn't want to debate. I think the guy on here... Now, Chris Christie stands no chance of winning the Republican primary. Let's make no mistake. But let's not call him a rhino either. He's been a Republican his entire life. Just because you're against Trump. Asia Hutchinson is against Trump too. And you don't get more conservative from the state of Arkansas than Governor Hutchinson. Okay. But enough is enough sometimes. Some people are just like, you know, I might not be able to win, but I'm going to I'm going to try to get my party back to some sort of sanity. And the Republican Party cannot return. Not being political here, folks. I'm being electoral. You cannot fully return to a fully sane party until the Mad King is gone. In Game of Thrones, the Targaryen family knew the Mad King was a fucking retard. OK. Wanted to keep it in the family. It's the same thing with the Republicans. You guys know Trump is fucking retarded. Okay. Oh, my God. Don't call retarded people retards. It's bad taste. I used the R word. Only for Trump. Only for Trump. Parents of mentally disabled kids, if you're mad at me for that, for not for saying the R word, but for comparing your kid to Trump, I apologize. I apologize. Okay. But the Targaryens knew the Mad King was no good. The GOP knows that Trump is no good. But they can keep it in the family, potentially, right? They can keep it in the family. I think Trump's afraid of Christie. He called him a fat dude. We, we, we covered this. And, and, and I joke, Chris Christie, say it to my face, Chris Christie. Christie was going to come over in that, uh, across that debate stage and say, hey, you say it to my face. Secret Service, we're going to have to get up and say, Chris Christie, don't you, you know, get away from the former president of the United States. He's got security detail. Also, Chris Christie is a former prosecuting attorney. Okay, he's big league. And he 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 has ripped the band-aid off. He's gone from one of Trump's biggest supporters, biggest supporters, to now he's like, I'm done with this SOB. I can't handle it anymore. I don't think Trump with four indictments wants to be sitting up on stage, potentially going back and forth with a prosecuting attorney. I don't think his attorneys want that. I think Chris Christie would love it. Would love it. He'd bait him. Christie's no dummy. So I always thought Christie's run for president like, you know, a couple different times. I always thought, Christie, if you want to show people that you're ready for president, I, drop 100 pounds. 
drop 100 pounds. And maybe your campaign slogan could be, listen, um, I'm fit for America. I'm fit for America. I didn't think I could run until I, I got fit. Now I'm ready. I, I'm Chris Christie's ready to roll. Now, I don't, I don't need to spend too much time talking about Christie. He has no chance of winning. But he's going to come after the president. Which of these candidates is going to come after the president? If you want to win, they've got to be very careful. From an, Me, I hate Trump, right? I would just go after him. But I'm not trying to win a Republican primary. If I was trying to win a Republican primary, you have to be careful. But you also have to go after him. You have to say, look, Republican Party, look, constituents, the man has been indicted four times. I think you could say the first one was was, was stupid. Yeah, he had sex with a porn star. Even even though those optics, like in a Republican primary, in a Republican party that was supposed to be all about religion and family values, the 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 charge that we just throw away is him paying one hundred thirty thousand dollars to a porn star while he fucked while he's married. No big deal, right? Imagine if Obama did that. Oh my God. Trump plays by different rules. He plays by different rules. But so these Republicans have to figure out a way to say, look it, he's been indicted four times. We have to turn the page. Whether you like him, dislike him, or in the middle, we as a party must turn the page. Sorry, former President Trump. You gotta be respectful, you gotta be tactful. But 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 you, you you have to you have to let the voters know that hey we we have to move on we've got to move on if we don't if we don't Biden or someone else is going to be president and none of us want that so you got to be strategic you got to be strategic it'll be interesting to see how everything goes okay let's see I I talked about running backs I talked about running backs the other day how they're getting fucked I just want to bring this up really quick. Jonathan Taylor. He's been in the NFL for three years. Count them. One, two, three. Three years. Okay? He has done everything and more. I I, I, I don't even think he was a first-round pick. He has exceeded expectations. He has done nothing but ball out. Any other position and the GM, ownership, coaching staff would be looking at a long-term deal. Jonathan Taylor can't get a long-term deal. He right now has been holding out of camp. I think he's in camp. He's asked for a trade. The Indianapolis Colts have given Jonathan Taylor permission to seek a trade. They're seeking a first-round pick. Cost some sort of compensation like that. It just highlights the fact that there needs to be 8 to 10% uh, additional onto the cap and take care of the tailback position. Jonathan Taylor might be, if if you were to poll 10 NFL experts, is Jonathan Taylor number one? Is, is he the best back in the NFL right now? From a not just a, a rushing standpoint, but a receiving standpoint? And yet he, li- literally, his football team would let him die on the vine. Can't take care of him. Run him into the ground. Into the ground. So, I'm not religious, Jonathan Taylor, but boy, I'm praying for you, buddy. I'm praying for you. Running backs, tailbacks, they deserve better in the National Football League. They absolutely deserve better. So, 
Okay. I have to tell you this. I have to tell you this. I got uh, I got the green egg. I got the green egg. And I just started using it. And, and I didn't get it brand new. My dad, who, who treated it like a fucking barbecue for like three years, finally just gave it to me, gave up. And I'm like, Dad, why don't you know, just show me a YouTube video. It's not that hard to figure out how to dial up and down the heat. He just... You know, God, my dad would have it at like 550 degrees and it would be going up and, you know, he'd cook burgers and they would either get toasted or he could get them off right before the flame, you know, took over. And I bring up the green egg because I had a green mountain pellet grill. I've got friends with Traeger pellet grills. And I really like the taste of the Traeger food. And I, I, I the, the green egg's great too. The problem with the fucking pellet grill is it burns up. You see these pellet grills um, in people's yards all the time that you can tell that thing hasn't run in a long time. And you know the reason? Because that day, that, you get that thing up above 400 degrees and look out. Look out. I've cleaned everything. I put everything right in my, in my Green Mountain and like three or four different occasions. Boom, my tri-tip is wrecked because now I look out on the back porch and I've got a fucking huge flame in my Traeger. In, in, in my Green Mountain, in my pellet grill. And now the thing is just an eyesore in my yard. And all I want to do is just take it to the dump or get rid of it. I had friends. I'm in the backyard industry. I, I hooked friends up because at first I thought my, my, my pellet grill was great. I hooked them up with the Green Mountain grill. I have three friends that got it. All of their grills burnt up too. And it burns the fuse, and you got to get a new fuse. It's a pain in the ass. It's a pain in the ass. I bring up the green egg because, one, it doesn't matter if you've got a $5 million home on Mercer Island or a backyard like mine. That egg looks great. It's a, It looks like a piece of art. It always looks great. That thing will literally last forever. A pellet grill, good fucking luck that thing ain't lasted forever that's just like your your typical weber barbecue almost i'm telling you i'm telling you it will burn up i know the green mountain people are going to come after me going you don't know how to set it up you don't know how to use it whatever all i know is that time and time again it burned up for me and i kept reworking it uh, watching videos nope burnt up and my friends that i got discount i got i hooked them up on traeger uh, green mountain deals pellet Grill deals. Burnt up for them too. Bullshit. So, this green egg, it's easy to set. I can cook from 200 to 700 degrees. 200 to 700 degrees. I've got to buy some more, so you know, so a heat deflector shield and stuff like that. But I'll tell you what. If you're cooking chicken, if you're smoking chicken, and you want the juiciest chicken you've ever had, the green egg is the way to go. It is the way to go. I haven't done salmon yet. I just did a tri-tip yesterday. My son wants me to do a brisket. I've never done a brisket. But I'm just telling you, if you're thinking about the green egg or a pellet grill, if you're thinking about a ceramic egg, it could be like a Komodo. There's other kinds too. But if you're thinking about an egg or a pellet grill, I'm, I'm telling you, the egg is always going to be there and it's always going to look great. Even if you don't use it, it looks cool. It's a smoker. And it's and, and you can cook shit on high heat. So, uh, I will update you on my green egg expeditions. But so far, 
I gave away. I just gave away my Daniel Boone um, Green Mountain Grill, pellet grill. I was fucking done repairing that thing. Done. All done. Sat in front of my house forever. I stuck out for free, put a sign on it, said what it needed, and thank God someone took it, and I hope they're using it. Because pellet food, pellet grill food is great. Make no mistake, it's great. It's great. Green egg food is good. It's great. The egg will last forever. And there, there's just more you can do with it. Okay? All right. We're about wrapped up here. But not before. We are moments. We, we, we are hours away from the Little League World Series semifinal, the right to go to the American Championship game. Who is in it? Northeast Seattle Little League, my home state of Washington. We are in the in the final after, a, I think, a 6-2 win over Nolensville, Tennessee, who's still in it, by the way. They're probably playing as I speak right now. So we've got Washington versus Texas. And, and touch on this Texas team for a second. This is actually really cool. Needville, Texas. They're, they're just a little bit outside. They're close to the water right by Houston. They're pretty right by, but they're pretty damn close to Houston, Texas. Okay. Needville, Texas is a town. Get this. 3,000 people. Stand up, Needville Little League. Holy shit. You got 3,000 people in your town and you won a Texas state championship. Then you went and won your region, and now you're one win away. If you beat my Seattle Little League team, you're one win away from being in the, the, the to win the whole ball of wax. So pretty impressive. Northeast Seattle versus Needville, Texas today. Um, I'm excited. Looking on the international side of things, Holy, this is the first year, I, I told you I watched Little League World Series a lot. This is the first year I can ever remember where the international side from top to bottom was better than the American side. The American side's been kind of, meh. I, I, you, the, the California team who's still in it, the Southern California team, they're okay. They're okay. The Washington team's good. I don't think they're great. Um, the Texas team is good, not great. Same with Nolensville, Tennessee, um, who has a female, by the way, who's, who's an ass kicker. I forget her name, but she's got two braids. She just got three hits yesterday. She, you know, she, she's she's really good. She's a really good player. But the international side, Mexico's legit. I think could probably beat any team on on the U.S. side. Japan's good. They're not regular Japan. They've got some catching issues. The catcher can't catch the fucking ball. You, you can't let kids run around the bases. Japan, I'm surprised that they do that. But they just dumped Panama yesterday. Panama was good. Venezuela's good. Curacao's good. And then the team that whoever wins on the American side, they should just tip their cap because nobody's beaten Chinese Taipei this year. And Chinese Taipei growing up, if you recall, they were they were the kings. They they've won like 15 or 18 Little League World Series and they were all they got caught cheating. They got got cheating. I think they got even got banned for a little while. But this Chinese Taipei team has got a kid. I forget his damn name. I should have written it down. Damn it. I've never seen a kid hit 81 miles an hour on the gun. Never, ever, ever. 
This Taipei team will kill anybody on the American side. Hopefully, Seattle, you can call yourselves the champions of the United States of America, and that would be absolutely I, I, I think since Kirkland, since, you know, since uh, Kirkland Little League in the 80s, no one's been able to say that uh, out of Washington, the state of Washington. So stand up, North Seattle Little League. I'm rooting for you. I'm, 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 I'm watching the international side. I, I'm, I'm, that Taipei team is fun to watch. But uh, even if, if Needville, Texas does somehow uh, come out on top, what a story that would be, a town of 3,000. So I'm just obsessed with Little League, the Little League World Series, the regionals, everything about it. Go Seattle. Well done, Needville. I've talked way too damn long. Go Taylor Swift and go America. This is Nick the American. Hey, until the next time, ladies and gentlemen.